Look for 7 at 7 local streaming news from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Find it on your smartphone at the RJ app or it's available on Roku TV, Fire TV and Apple TV. Download the app and you're ready to go for 7 at 7. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. I'd probably quit football if I had to play for somebody else. You know, I I am a Raider for my entire life. I'm going to root for one team for the rest of my life, and uh, it's the Raiders. So um, I I just feel that so strong in my heart. You know, I don't need a perfect situation. You know, I believe that. I don't need... I don't need a perfect situation to make things right. If we were able to pull it off and win a championship here, that, that would feel much better than just piling a whole bunch of great players together and figuring, joining up and doing it that way. I think it would be much more special and uh, it'd feel probably a little bit better. From what we've been through uh, to where I think we're going, I think it'd feel, I just think personally, that'd be a cooler story for my life. I'd rather go down with the ship, you know what I'm saying? If I have to, you know, I, that's just my personality. Welcome, everybody, to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang. And joining me here on the show, I have Mo Moten coming on from Bleacher Report. I'm very excited to have him back. It's uh, going to be a good one here. And uh, I told him when I welcomed him on the show that I was not going to get him any hot water, that I was not going to sit here and, and break down Derek Carr. But here we are at the top of the show. We heard Derek Carr so now, <laughs> from minicamp. <laughs> so here I am going back on my promises already. Uh, so first of all, before we get in and break everything down, I want to remind everybody to hit subscribe. And we are brought to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal and also presented to you by Blue Wire Podcast. So Mo, Derek Carr, we heard his words there talking about being uh, invested in the silver and black, that he is the guy that will go down with the ship. Uh, those words coming from Derek Carr, uh, I think definitely is a testament to the loyalty that he's had with the team and vice versa. Uh, what did you made so far uh, about what you've seen in the off season from Derek Carr, not just his technique and things that he might be working on and, and things of that nature, but um, basically the, the level of commitment that he has to this team and how much he's uh, going to, to try to make this team improve and playoff team. I think there's no secret that Derek Carr is loyal to the Raiders and the Shield, as he said today. And he's, he said this in the past, that basically, maybe in different wording, that he doesn't envision himself playing for any other team. He only envisions himself wearing the silver and black. And I think fans do appreciate that. I would say 99.9% of fans do appreciate that. The problem is fans want to win a lot more. And I'm not calling Derek Carr a loyal loser, but fans want a winner. If you're a loyal winner, they'll hold you to the highest standard, the highest regard. And and to, just to be honest, Raiders just, Raiders just haven't won enough games with Derek Carr as their starting quarterback. Now, I will say this is not all on him. Of course, we know about the defense. We know about the dysfunction of the organization in past years. A lot of changeover. He's, he's had new offensive coordinators, new head coaches, new teammates. Seems like things are constantly turning over for him right in front of his very eyes. He talked about that today. Uh, he joked about, you know, guys, uh, him and Richard saying, you know, who, who's next to go? And and he he's still standing. And that's a testament to who he is as a player and how good he is and how solid he is as a, as, as a starting quarterback under center. And a lot of people will disagree with that and say maybe it's time the Raiders will move on. But I, I think part, I think his loyalty and then Gruden's 
Gruden's love for veteran quarterbacks keeps him in that seat as a starting guy there. And I think you hear a lot of what he said this this offseason. A lot of fans will say, well, we've heard this all before. We hear a lot of the same things Derek Carr says at the podium. But I will say that his his loyalty, his unwavering loyalty, despite all the rumors, I'm sure he hears a chirping from the fans who who may not uh, want him to be the starting quarterback for this team in the upcoming season or past offseasons. And he's still standing. And he takes that and he says, you know what? I'm still loyal to the team. Uh, you know, the Raiders took a chance on him in, in the second round, picked him up. And he's been the starting quarterback ever since. And he's had some opportunities to make the playoffs, uh, made the playoffs one season, has fallen short in recent years. But he constantly is always saying that he's positive and you want to hear the positivity, but you also, you know, want that dose of reality. You're not going to get Derek Carr to say anything negative. <laughs> but what, I, what he talked about today stood out to me was that he talked about trust in that offensive line because that's a that's a big talking point this offseason. Of course, the Raiders have had some turnover in that in that area with Trent Brown and Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson all going elsewhere. But he said, look, I've played with uh, Incognito. He's coming back. I've played with Denzel Good, who started 14 games last Last season, uh, you know, even even John Simpson has played a couple of games, 252 snaps, I believe, last season. So these aren't new guys. So he's trying to pump in that that, OK, I, I know these guys is not totally brand new, but he did say we have to show it on the field. And I think that's what fans would like to hear. Yeah, that is what they want to hear and what they want to see. And if we look at what we had talked about here earlier on, as I was setting things up with you, uh, with Kurt Warner's quarterback analysis and review, mm -hmm. we've seen that the aggressiveness is what has led Carr to success in the NFL is when he sticks with uh, being aggressive, when he stands up in the pocket, when he keeps looking downfield for his options on his reads. So when you start taking into account what we saw, on that video because I know you tweeted about it, you talked about <laughs> it. How important is that to have to be able to get over that hump? It's very important. I think Kurt, Kurt Warner hit the nail on the head and his aggressiveness and his conservatism, the, that balance will be the difference between the Raiders making the playoffs or or just missing it. As we know, the, you know, the Raiders have been kind of 500 lately and he broke it down very well. And, and again, I'm I'll say this. A lot of the things that he did say are things that his critics have said in the past, but he put it on video and he let us and he showed us he, you know, good examples of where Carr made some aggressive throws and it worked out for him and where he kind of prematurely went to the check down. And that hurts the offense because then your defense doesn't respect the deep ball. And I remember Tyron Matthews saying a couple of years ago, not last year, but in two, at, during the 2019 season that. You know, Derek Carr is going to throw to his running back and his tight ends, and you don't have to worry about going for the deep ball downfield because he's not going to test the defense in that way. And I think uh, Kurt Warner touched on that when he said, look, you you have to go for the the kill shot because if you, if, if you don't, then the defenses will be able to cheat and, you know, not play on the hills. They could they could play up and crowd your, your uh, check down receivers. And I, I totally agree with him. Carr has to – sometimes he leaves plays on the field and sometimes he, he'll go for it if it's wide open. But as we know in the NFL, you're not going to always have these wide open windows. And I did tweet, I do have a theory on this. And I just, wanted, I just want everyone listening to remember when Derek Carr was that aggressive. I don't want to call him a gunslinger. But when he was aggressive with the football and pushing the ball down the field, we last saw that besides the first half of last year in 2015, 2016, 
not coincidentally, those when he had those big numbers, 32, 32 touchdowns and 12 interceptions in 2015, 20 touchdowns and six interceptions in 2016. I think that's when he was at his most free. And why is that? One, it was before he had that ankle injury. Yep. Two, I believe he felt like he had he had the leeway to do things on his own. Like he doesn't he can go outside of the script and make his own plays under Musgrave. Now, I feel like he doesn't feel like he completely has that autonomy under John Gruden because let's look at the dynamic of the situation. Musgrave was just an offensive coordinator, right? So with with head coach John uh John uh Jack Del Rio, you know, you saw he wanted Carr to push the ball down the field. He wanted Carr to be aggressive. You saw that in the first week when the Raiders went for it against the Saints in New Orleans and, and they score that touchdown, they win that game. That set the tone for the 2016 season. Carr felt like, okay, this head coach trusted me. He wants me to go for it. He wants me to be aggressive. Now, John Gruden can say that, but is Derek Carr comfortable going out of script when he knows that his head coach is also the shot caller for the Raiders? And what I mean by that is, Let's say Derek Carr doesn't run the play that Gruden wants, takes it into his own hands, throws an interception, or makes a play that Gruden isn't happy with. I feel like, and I don't know this for sure, this is just my theory, but I feel like in the back of Carr's mind, he has to stick to Gruden's script because if he doesn't, he may feel that Gruden will go out and find someone else who will stick to the script. Because remember, again, when Carr was at his most free, he was listening to his offensive coordinator who doesn't have the same power as Gruden has right now. So when you have a head coach who may not be happy with you changing plays and doing things on your own, and he can ship you out at any moment, as we saw with Cooper and Khalil Mack, if he can ship those guys out, he'll ship out a quarterback who may not be running the plays that he wants. So I feel like in the back of Carr's mind, he, he understands that, okay, Gruden may want me to be aggressive, but I, I should do this the way Gruden wants it done. Because if I don't, I could be out of here next. And again, I'm not saying Carr is afraid of Gruden and he doesn't want to do things in the line of scrimmage and he doesn't have the freedom to do that. But I'm saying at the back of his head, he's thinking, if I screw this up and Gruden gets too upset with me, I could be out of the door. And I think that's the difference between him being free in Musgrave's system, who's an offense, who's just an offensive coordinator, and being a little bit restricted under Gruden, who is, again, let's not let's just be honest here, he's running the show in Las Vegas. You know, yeah. this is the this is the guy. So if you're not listening to the guy, you could be in trouble. Yeah, he is the uh, honcho, the captain, all of those mm-hmm. things. <laughs> you know, yes. the shot collar, whatever mm-hmm. you want. You know, everybody knows that Gruden is wearing those hats and that, right. you know, he's definitely running the ship. And what I find interesting about Carr and his career, and I want to give you this one as well, is that. Every year, it seems, he has had to deal with this uh, running the gamut through different wide receivers and trying to figure out how to have the chemistry, the connection with different players that have come into the mix. And a lot of people last year said, okay, the scheme, like you were talking about, the schemes have changed. So we know that Gruden runs a very intricate offense and when you look over how intricate and detailed it is it's taken him really three years to come into his own with it and I feel like he finally has and here we are again situation with John Brown versus a Nelson Aguilar now essentially a lot of people have assessed them as the same receiver but that John Brown has a little bit more explosive uh you know ability so what do you make between the the new receivers and just how Carr has had to deal with having different guys uh in the mix at wide receiver and how he's adapted with that it's funny he did mention uh john brown who they call smoke yeah and he said like he it. misses nelson aguilar 
but he's happy to have smoke. And I, and I, I can see the comparison that people have made that, you know, people didn't expect a lot from Nelson Aguilar when the Raiders signed him. People thought maybe he'd be a third, fourth wide receiver. Turns out he was their best wide receiver last yeah. year. And they feel like uh, John Brown can have the same effect. John Brown has a longer resume. I believe he has a th- at least 1,000 uh, yard season in the past. So they're thinking he could probably pull off the same or give you some of this, what Nelson Aguilar gave the Raiders last year as a deep threat. And he has that. Uh, John Brown's a little small of a wide receiver, a little older. So I don't, I don't know if he'll give you, you know, exactly what Nelson Aguilar gave you last year. But I think he can mix in that wide receiver group. But I will say uh, the main focus will be on Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. I know Brian was also spoke today. And those two guys have to really step up if that wide receiver core is going to produce. I, I know John. they did sign John Brown. They did sign Willie Sneed there. And those veterans are going to mix in very well. But I, I feel like Carr is going to spread the ball around. And it's going to be up to Ruggs to, to give Raiders those explosive plays. And we saw Brian Edwards score a touchdown late last year. He's got to be able to build off that and stay healthy because that's been the one thing, the one knock against him. I feel like he, a lot of people say he could have been a first-round wide receiver picked in his draft class, if not for the injuries. He's got to stay healthy. He did have some nicks and bruises last year, so that's going to be an issue. But with that, along with staying healthy, we talked about the rapport Carr has to have with his wide receivers. and It's all about trust, and he kind of talked about it today, trusting his offensive line. That also goes for the wide receivers because if you're going to make those big plays, if you're going to throw balls in spots where wide receivers are supposed to be, you have to be in sync. And I think having a preseason, even though the Stars don't usually play a lot of snaps in the preseason, but having a full offseason with you know OTAs and training camp and then preseason, I think that will help guys like Ruggs and Edwards come along in that offense and Carr can build a rapport with them. And hopefully it'll show early in the season because they have a tough start going against – Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Miami in the first three weeks of the season. So those guys are going to have to be on point when they start off right out of the gate. So let's get into that schedule and more here on the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast when we come back from a quick break. Please check out our new 7 at 7 newscast weekdays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Get every bit of local news you need in seven minutes from the Las Vegas Review Journal. That's so interesting that you bring up the schedule because everybody that's come on this show in the past month, I've asked them their opinion on the schedule and where they think the Raiders may struggle. And right off the top, I do think they have big challenges ahead. Uh, When you look down the stretch as well towards the back end of the season, I think there's a couple of matchups there that can be uh, ones that could keep them on the brink of possibly getting into a wild card spot or what have you in the playoffs. So uh, where do you see on the Raiders schedule the most troublesome areas for where they're going to have a little bit of adversity (laughs) against them yeah you took the words right out of my mouth um I think the second half of the season is what I would circle only because well for two reasons they do have some tough matchups on the back end of the schedule I believe they have to go on the road to play the Colts they have to go on the road to play the Browns they have to go on the road to play the Chiefs and that's all that's all those games are in December um, you talk about the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. I know the Cowboys defense wasn't up to par last year, but that could be a shootout. Dak Prescott is healthy, and they got CeeDee Lamb. They got Amari Cooper. They got Michael Gallup. So I think after, I think December 
is going to be a month that's going to be very interesting because usually that's when the Raiders fade after Thanksgiving. So we'll see if they can flip that this year and, you know, play up to the competition. And we, we briefly spoke about the first three weeks of the season. It's going to be tough. Those three teams that they play, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Miami, those three teams are all top six uh, def- scoring defenses last year. So right away, that offense is going to be tested. That offensive line is going to be tested. Those young wide receivers are going to be tested. Can Carr make another jump under Gruden's system in year four? All of that's going to be tested within the first three weeks. And if the Raiders start off 0-3, there's going to be pandemonium on social media. But I would say it's a total loss if they do start off slow because – you know, you got the Bears who may have Justin Fields on the field by that time, mid-October. You got the Broncos who still have a quarterback controversy. You got the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. You got the Giants who should be improved, but yeah, you never know with Dale Jones. So there are there, there is a there is a balance, even though it starts off tough. There is a balance between weeks four and seven, I would say. And then, it, as we spoke about, it gets tough in December. So the Raiders, it's a season where they can get into the playoffs if they make the improvements. But again, if they flop again in the second half of the season, they're going to fall short again. So they have to they have to start out strong and end strong. Definitely. So, and I appreciate you coming on again. And you mentioned things of, about social media and things being on fire. Now, Mo, you had talked to me <laughs> about something that had happened here on social media with you. And uh, and getting a little a bit in hot water with some Raiders fans. So what what was it that you tweeted? Because you tweet quite a lot, and I wasn't quite sure what that tweet was in uh, about. So let's get to the bottom of it. Okay, yesterday I I felt I was feeling a little dangerous yesterday, and <laughs> <laughs> the NFL had a the NFL uh, Twitter handle had a tweet saying who's. Who's the most underrated quarterback in the league? Okay, and I, I thought saw about that. it. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I said, mm-hmm, oh, let me see. Ryan Tannehill doesn't get a lot of respect. Comeback player of the year 2019. Really had re- really reinvented himself with the Titans after a stretch with Adam Gase, who was, you know, went to the Jets, got fired. And people know Adam Gase is not that great of a coach, not that great of a play caller. But I, I was going to say Ryan Tannehill, but I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with Derek Carr. And I knew automatically that was going to stir up a firestorm. A lot of people disagree with me. And some people were like, yeah, you know, Derek Carr doesn't get enough respect. And and it, look, when I made the, when I posted the tweet, I'm not saying Derek Carr is consistently a top 10 quarterback that deserves more respect and some MVP votes. We all know what Derek Carr has looked like over the past few years. He's slowly made improvements. And I put that in the tweet that, look, under Gruden, let's give him his props. Yes, he still has issues with fumbles. We get it. But he has made some improvements. He has made some strides. He's better at at using his legs. You know, he, he is a little bit more aggressive. We saw in the first half of the season, and Kurt Warner pointed this out, that he's even said, I like a lot of things about Derek Carr. When he's dialed in and he is aggressive, he has the arm. He has the physical traits. He has the, he has the tools. He just has to be more consistent not panic in the pocket and stay with his stay being aggressive. Don't try to, you know, don't try to pull it back and, and then use the check downs and and be afraid in the pocket, step up into the pocket. I know you may have a, a a rusher or two coming at you, but stand in the pocket and make the big throw and, and you know, you'll, you'll give your offense chances to make big plays. So I feel like Derek Carr for a lot of flack, for all the flack that he gets and, you know, over the past few off seasons, every off season, he's getting traded. He's getting traded there. There are rumors about this, rumors about that. He he's still standing, and I think again, as I said early in the show, I think that's a testament to how good of a quarterback he is. The fact that the Raiders don't 
just want to give them away and start over. Because you see a lot of teams, if they don't make the playoffs two years, three years, they, they're ready to start over at quarterback and find the next big thing. And John Gruden has stuck with Derek Carr through all of this. And I think that's that really says that he he is the foundation of a of a good football team. And if you could just put the pieces around him, and I know a lot of people are tired of hearing that, but I think that also goes with continuity. If he has some continuity, as yep. I said in my tweet, some continuity and some solid pieces, I think he's a quarterback that can lead a team to the playoffs. He's done it before in 2016. And I'm tired of – I'm the first person to say I'm tired of talking about 2016 because it happened five years ago. But we saw it last year if, if, with some consistency around him. And if he shows it and he protects the football – Again, he, I think he's he's a, he's a quarterback that you can count on, for the most part, to get you to the playoffs if the parts around him are right, if they fit. And again, I go back to that Kurt Warner video. He there's one thing I want to point out. He talked about interceptions, and a lot of people tout Carr for saying, "Well, he doesn't throw a lot of picks," and that's good. But I think when you talk about a quarterback being aggressive, sometimes they're going to throw picks, and sometimes a uh, when you have a low volume of interceptions, it also shows that you don't take a lot of chances with the football. Mm -hmm. And I, I can live with Carr throwing 13 or 14 interceptions if it means he's going to make 15 or so big plays, more more big plays during the season. I, I can live with a few, a couple more interceptions here and there. I, what I can't deal with is, is a quarterback who's too afraid to go downfield and says, and I, I'm, I don't want to throw the interception. I'm just going to take the check down. No, take the chance because you have the weapons. You have explosive weapons. He talked about it today. Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller, he even mentioned Foster Moreau. And now you got Brian Edwards with a full offseason. You have you have the weapons. Take some chances down the field. And I think there is fans, more fans will think they have a, a upper echelon quarterback than a quarterback that you could just throw away and let's just bring in the next rookie or the next veteran or let's let's have a wandering eye for the next quarterback. I think the Raiders have the quarterback they need to get them to the playoffs. It's just again, continuity and consistency. Yeah, I appreciate all that. Laying it out, putting it out there, Mo. You come on here and I was like, hey, we're not going to talk about... Oh, wait, no, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> we are. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being as open as you are, uh, as analytical as you are. And I would love for you to tell the listeners here on the Takeaways podcast where they can find some of your latest work, what you've penned uh, recently. Uh, well, you can find all my NFL work on BleacherReport.com. I usually tweet out in the morning and the evening all the articles that I have. I try to fit the Raiders in there whenever it fits. Um, if you want to just talk Raiders, just purely Raiders, Mo Moten is my Twitter handle. I interact with people all day. Not all day, but usually early and late. You know, If you have a question, if you just want to have a discussion about even car, I'm even open now as we get closer to training camp. I'm open to more car discussions, the offensive line, the wide receivers, the defense, Gus Bradley, anything you want to talk about, I'm open to any type of Raider discussions. I also, I don't want to put full details out there yet, but I will have a platform where I'm going to be writing most of my Raiders content this season uh, that's still in the works. I don't yes. want to put it too far out there yet, but it's coming up because a lot of people have asked me, hey, you know, I, I do enjoy your NFL work, but I need that Raider specific content that you know Raider articles that I used to put out during the offseason and I will say that's coming up on a different platform very very soon well I look forward to that I can't wait <laughs> very exciting stuff we'll have to have you on again to come back talk about that once you have that platform out and then and, and let everybody know what's going on so I always appreciate you coming on good times talking with you Mo 
course, I appreciate you, honey. Anytime you need me, as again, as we get closer to training camp, and a lot of fans are gonna be wondering, you know, our thoughts on on the upcoming season, Derek Carr and defense, and everything in between, because this is this is a crucial season with, with John Gruden going into year four, so we have a lot to talk about this year. Oh yeah, Mo Moten again from Bleacher Report. Love having him on, and I will be back next week, and I will have with me. Sanjit T. You guys know him from YouTube. He's uh, been an analyst on there, putting up all his work on Raiders and all of his breakdowns. So we're going to talk to him about some of his favorite things to analyze with the team next week on the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. Use your mobile phone to get seven minutes of nonstop news from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Seven at seven, weekdays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m.